1: Everybody and welcome to it. episode number two of the Class Clown Podcast My name is Sheila Liao First of all, how was that cell episode, you guys? Did you listen to it? If you haven't, please go back and listen to it Because I still can't believe that I spoke with somebody who I actually idolized Like all the other people who've been on the show, yes, I look up to for sure like I can learn everything from them, yeah. But Ebenezer, that Cell was a bucket list guest. I did not expect to be able to talk to somebody like him just in my third season. Usually my season 15 pa yani. Eh. <laughs> following kana? Yung patabusan career mo. Yeah, evidentell, right? But now in season three, no, no, definitely not. So I am so, so glad that I got to talk to him, and i enjoying it all. Like you'll enjoy this one because, like Evan, this is somebody who I've also wanted to talk to, and who I also didn't expect to say yes to my little podcast. I am talking about, of course, Mister James Beacon. Now, uh, for those of you that don't know, James is a writer turned live streamer on Facebook who started this little live stream during the pandemic and who's gotten quite uh, some quite some some acclaim, shall we say, during the pandemic. And who's also come under fire for certain things he said. And we'll talk about all of that in this episode. James is somebody who's very opinionated and who doesn't back down quite easily. And this is somebody who I could just talk to forever. Because his mind is so vast that uh, he can actually say something and actually back it up. You know, if he doesn't, he doesn't falter with any statement teams made. Even though sometimes it's been quite controversial, he doesn't. He doesn't back down quite easily. and He tells us why that is. He also tells us how his streams started and what he wants to do from here on out so guys i hope you enjoy my quick conversation with mr james deacon To today's guest
0: on the podcast, he is a writer and now, as of recently, a Tita streamer on social media. Please let's all welcome James Deacon to the Class clown podcast.
2: Hi, James. What's up, guys? Hey, 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 thanks for having me on. Awesome to be here. I know you're you have a busy schedule, you're just coming off a trip,
0: so thank you for doing this uh, on my little uh show here. Oh, it's all good. I'm happy to be here, man. Happy to be here. Thank you, thank you. So I guess the reason I wanted to talk to you first and foremost was because you are one of the uh, shy, shall I say shining stars of of the pandemic right? when when people were all locked in, you started you're screaming right? and you started going on social media. Um, can you tell us here? how that actually started, where did you come up with the idea?
2: Oh, well, um, well, thank you for that. I I didn't realize I was doing anything extraordinary, but, um, I, what happened there was, uh, as soon as the lockdown hit, it kind of accelerated plans for a podcast. Anyway, this is something that I had in the back burner for, for a number of years and just procrastinated with. Being one of those, um, I guess one of those Joe Rogan fans that, you know, wanted to put something together over here locally. But the timing was never good. So uh, when I say the timing was never good, the idea of the podcast was great. But people were just too busy with their lives to sit down and commit to an hour or or more of their time to listen to something that was long form. Um and even if they did, there was just not enough of them to get started to get an advertising base behind me and all that. So it was a traditional, um, very difficult situation because you're you get these engagements, which are kind of super easy to do. They're very fast. And that's where the money is. And that's where all the attention is. So it's just so easy to stay there. But it's kind of like junk food, fast food versus right. nutritionally balanced uh, content. Right. And um, so when the pandemic came, it was just like, look, this is the this is what we've been waiting for. This is this is kind of like accelerated these plans and forced it. So I went on. But now the the key was to find the format that actually fit, because um, I didn't want to be just somebody that jumped on the bandwagon. Because if you notice, a lot of people discovered StreamYard and right. and uh, Zoom and the other types of new ways to broadcast a podcast so almost a lot of people i knew were coming out with content too you just didn't want to get drowned out with the noise you just didn't want to be part of that noise so i had to find something that nobody else was really doing and that was becoming a calming soothing very consistent voice for people going through a similar shared struggle that was where I found the the audience is because everyone was dishing out information left right and center, and especially in the beginning of the pandemic, anything yeah. you got, you know you were interviewing doctors and anyone, anyone, and then everyone had, oh, did you know about this? this is how you wear a mask? Yeah. Is a, it was just too much information, and people were already suffering from anxiety. So I thought, look, bring them down a peg, just be there for them, be a consistent voice for them because people don't generally remember what you say, but they remember how you make them feel. So if you could be that guiding, calming voice that they could tune in every five o'clock and things were going to be okay, you know, you were going to get good news. And when I say good news, I'm not trying to create an unrealistic picture. There was enough news out there. I think what there was lacking was somebody to just bring it all back down and just ask people how people were. some human interest stories and in fact it was using it to slow down because everybody was going at this hyper pace and so i found something in the opposite so that's pretty much how it got started um and then it builds up a community right so it sounds like your
0: idea sort of changed about from the original uh podcast inception now it's just become this online streaming community so how do you feel when that happened was you okay with that change do you still want to do your podcast?
2: Yeah, well, um, you know, changes is inevitable, right? And uh, yeah. it's how we adapt to change that's going to make the difference between now who's going to be successful and who isn't. It's not anymore about qualifications and all the traditional legacy awards and um, qualifications that they used to pin on you. Now it's how quickly you can adapt, how quickly you can pivot into something. So, yes, I did have to change. Um how do I feel about it? Very proud because it was, it was becoming relevant. You know, It was like I had this plan that I'd been cooking up for a number of years. And then you have to activate that plan really fast. So you procrastinated for three or four years or so. And then all of a sudden you've got to enact it in a week. And guess what? You got to change everything that you kind of thought was going to be your format. So, but this is sometimes how People get, you get the best out of people. I know I'm that type of person that when you push me to the edge and it's a sink or swim, fight or flight type of feeling, I'll dig and get the best out of myself. I'm not trying to say that to to brag or to anything because I hate the feeling. I, I mean, I would give anything to be able to plan my life and have it all go according to my plan, but that's right. just not how I'm wired. It's not that I enjoy it, but it's just, it it, it electrifies something in me that gets me going. So right. Boom. I was put in that situation or I put myself in that situation. I felt really great because towards the end of 2020, we the show was given an award for community based um, initiatives that had been done in the pandemic. And that was I mean, I I was that was the proudest award I have because. It was a community based you know, something we did together as a group. It wasn't just one person or, or my team. It was everybody because, you know, we did things like every week um, I would raffle off. I was known for raffles anyway. But what okay. I would do is raffle off more relevant things like Gcash, um, and people were donating to that. So wow. the, our raffle was community based and community funded. And it lasted almost it lasted about a year before we ran out. That's how, you know, every week somebody would just say, here's another 1,000, 1,000, 1,000. Every week we'd give away something like between anywhere from five to 10,000. And it was just spreading money around. But more than money, it was spreading good vibes. It was spreading this this feeling that people care about, you know, what's going on. Like-minded people, you can't underestimate the power of a community of like-minded people. We found that and we pivoted as well into what we called Free Plug Friday which was another community-based initiative, which was to give these little businesses that had pivoted from wherever they were before. They might have been um, hairdressers or who knows, right? Hospitality workers, travel. And now they had to bake pandesal and uh, they had to uh, make leather goods and whatever. This was the common story of the pandemic, right? Everyone became a gardener, a baker, and, and a candlestick maker. And we gave a platform for those people to be able to advertise their stuff for free. Uh, and we still keep that going now. It's one of our most popular segments. And uh, so, yeah, very fulfilling because it, it it wasn't just something I wanted to do. It, it had found its purpose almost by accident.
0: Right. It's beautiful how you say you have this community behind you now because I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure that with anything that you do nowadays, sooner or later, a community will come to to listen and to uh pay attention to what you do online. So how does that feel when you all of a sudden have this massive following of people who are
2: just uh, at your beck and call oh. whatever you say they will do. Well we're well going beck and call but um yeah uh, I, I, well, you I, know know I mean I'm I following correct, today. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're driving at. It's and it's it's initially it's it's a very there there is flattery of course in there i'm not going to lie about that because it does feel good to, to 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 get that support but that's very very small by comparison to the overwhelming sense of obligation and responsibility that it comes with without being corny about it you realize that that trust is probably the most valuable commodity that we can we can give now especially now because look what's happened in the pandemic we've lost trust for so many institutions and organizations people and 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 positions and jobs that we never thought would be corrupt turned out to just be corrupt so you know when somebody now gives their trust it is such an overwhelming sense of 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 gratitude and obligation and responsibility for that so um it's great but i use it very very carefully Because, you know, not one, you know, you don't want to wear out that that magic dust, so to speak, because when you do call on the community, you want them to be able to respond like they always do. So you always have to make sure every program that you rally them behind is something good. You know, it's something that's really beneficial. And that that becomes tricky, (laughs) but it's it's part of what makes it fulfilling, you know, Um, to be able to have that to count on that community is really one of the most incredible feelings that you can get as a, I hate to use the word influencer, but that's, that seems to be the common term now, but it's, I guess, what makes it all worthwhile because you really do believe they have so many people you can, you can go and follow. And yet you follow this religiously and not just follow you put your money where your mouth is when, when asked. So that's the ultimate form of a vote is when you you put literally your money where your mouth is. So there, um, overwhelming is probably the greatest single word I could use. Right, right. So you say that,
0: but you have this following now. You have to be responsible with it. But you strike me as somebody who's uh, very opinionated, whether it comes to your streams or even your columns. So, uh, so how do you strike that balance with? putting out what you want to say and still keeping your, your readers or listeners in mind.
2: Okay. That's, that's a very layered, um, question. And, uh, honestly, it's getting harder and harder to do it because people are getting more and more, I guess, social media has created this dynamic where, um, a fact is worth less than a feeling now, you know? So, That becomes very difficult when you're trying to be pragmatic about things. And that was my brand. I I always felt that that's where people got a lot of, uh, I got a lot of following from was people like the way that I would break things down or think about things logically. Um, Now it's really predominantly how people feel about it. And because you can get an echo chamber that can support that and give you confirmation bias for everything that you feel, if you feel the earth is flat, you're going to find a a pretty big community a like-minded community that's going to uh, validate that for you. So in that regard, it gets gets very difficult. But the key there, and the reason I said it's layered, your question, is because you need to, one, be authentic. There's no shortcut to that. There's no cheating that. And I can't teach you that because if I teach you that, it's no longer authentic. You just got to listen to that inner voice and you got to trust it. You're gonna get some things wrong, but sometimes you will gain more loyalty with how you deal with how you were wrong than when you're always right, okay? Nobody likes a smarty pants, that's always right. Um, In fact, I think this is where Joe Rogan gets such tremendous following because he's not always right, but he's in pursuit of the truth. So people get that from him, that's his authenticity. He's genuinely curious and he's in pursuit of the truth. So the, the, that speaks volumes right there. Do you get it wrong? Sometimes he does. And then how he deals with it gives us even more confidence to believe in him or because we say, well, when he is wrong, he's wrong. So he's been one of my influences way back before it became controversial and uh, and very ultra, I mean, a household name now. So I dealt with first, you got to be authentic. That's not overnight. That takes time. You've got to also have a track record, right? Of what you have basically yeah, achieved in time. So that's another thing. Um, another thing, you have to be sure of what you're talking about. You have to be really sure. If you're not sure, don't tackle it. Don't just just say, I don't know. It's a very powerful phrase. I don't know. I don't understand that. You know, don't pretend. Because when you do talk with with, with confidence, people know it. And if you stand by it and they feel that you're coming from a good place it's very hard to take you down if that's what the, the worry is about being canceled, et cetera. So I stick to my lane when it comes to the things I really fight for or believe in. I also try to I never ever ever color it with politics. Other people try to, like they'll always say, because of a view I took, they'll say Al or or uh, DDS ka, or whatever. I mean they can't even decide because obviously I I'm not a I am not I do not pledge allegiance to one I'm sometimes I favor something or I, I will support a policy that's from another camp. I don't care, I'm colorblind to that. I like to be colorblind to these things. So that will also get you the, the loyalty that you need later on is if, if people genuinely believe that you don't have an agenda and you don't have a color. If you do, I think you, you none of what I said will matter because they'll just smell it and they'll just tackle it. So then it it doesn't grant you immunity, but what it does do, is it It basically disempowers, disables most of the trolls, if not all of them, because they're really there for low-hanging fruit. And they're there for people who react and who are not confident in what they say. So when they stab you like that, the ones that fight back are the ones that are really not sure about what they say. But once I say something that I'm really, 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 I firmly believe in, I don't necessarily need to engage in the comment section. I'm I'm so... I'm so at ease already with the research and my position that I'm not there to convince you anymore. If you haven't been convinced of what I said in the post, I'm not going to continue it in the comments box. So I'm not gonna fight with people like that. I I said what I had to say. If you have a genuine question, I notice that most people who have genuine, genuine, genuine questions, like they really want to learn, they DM you. The ones that are putting it on the thread, I wouldn't say this exclusively, because you know, you know, there's always exceptions to every rule, but I think in my experience, most, if not all, once they challenge you there in the comment section, they're looking, they're not looking to learn, they're looking to win. So it's a different dynamic. You're just never going to win in that because they've already got that's their desired outcome. They're close-minded to learning what you have to say. They just want to, they want to find out something you did wrong, come in at it and basically discredit you so that they can eventually say, see, don't listen to him. I don't have time for people like that. Right. And the people I always have to remind myself, and I think this is good advice for anyone that wants to do similar type of thing is it's easy to get caught up with the comments and the, and the the backlash, et cetera. But I never picture, every time I, I do engage in the comment section, Every time I write something, it's not for that person that called me out or whatever. It's the for every one person that calls you out, whatever. There are 100 or 200 people waiting for your reply that are open-minded. These are the people that you can convert, or these are the people that you can have an influence on. This silent majority, and I don't say that politically, I'm saying that for whatever, they're the silent majority of social media. Just look at your analytics and you'll see for every 1,000 uh, views you get, you might get five or 10 likes. What does that tell you? More people are watching than are engaging. These people, I get it all the time, come up to me in the street, oh, I, I, I follow your page, I, I, I see everything you do, whatever. I say, what's your name? I, I, I must have seen you at some point. No, 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 I I've never ever commented, but you know everything about me. Yes, I follow your page religiously, but I never comment. There's so many like that. Most of them are like that. Right. I would say, just by the figures, 90% of people are like that. Right. They don't, they have more to their life than to just engage with every comment. They just read what you have to say. They like it or they don't like it, but they, they generally, they're not grandstanding, is the, right. the, the key there. When you're right. in a comment section grandstanding to a greater audience, you gotta question the agenda and the motives of people.
0: Right. Okay. You know, yes, you said this was a very layered question. You said, a lot of a lot of things were said. But mainly what I feel like I gravitated towards was how you're able to handle um, answering trolls, as shall we say, for lack of a better term. In, in the comments section. Now, regardless of where you were at in social media, we are going to get that right? way, regardless of what you put out there. So how do you keep yourself from uh, engaging when somebody was just out there to detract you? Right? Is, that, is that something that you try and, and pull off? Somebody's trying to pull focus from you over that. That's something that you really try to avoid? Are you out there to step on feelings? Are you there to, you know, to provoke? How does that work in the whole social media
2: sphere? Okay, that, that's great. That's a, another great one. semi layer too, because I had to evolve doing this. So how, what got me here doesn't hasn't necessarily will get me there, so to right. speak. I I started in the beginning of social media, uh, 2014, 2015, 16, like that, 17 um yeah i was a little provocative i was a little more um you know i would kind of engage and and get that you know get people off their 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 chairs and think oh yeah 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 so they would react and they would engage and then i could get a conversation started but um as social media went to hyperdrive and very toxic the last thing now you want is to bait. Because everything's bait now. Everything's just emotional bait, rage bait, uh, cancel bait. uh, Everything's just out there to get a reaction because that's what they're monetizing is the engagement. So now I had to evolve into somebody that I do mean along. That's my new motto. I'll just do me. I'm not going to pander. I'm not going to try to strategize on how to get my message out there anymore because you could just as easily fail doing it the right way than your own way, because there is no right way anymore. It's the rules have changed. It's a bit of a jungle out there. So if you're trying to keep up with, okay, well, if I do it like this, with this stone, then I will appeal to this. No, 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 you'll never catch up. You, this, do you follow what I'm trying to say? Uh, First, I guess, yeah, yeah. I'll just do me. This is right. how I feel. I, I think I have a, a general understanding of what's reasonable and what's not, um, put it out there. I don't need to acid test this. I don't need to, you know, do a, uh, how how would you call it? Like these, yeah, just do a little bit of a, a test yeah, on a smaller. Yeah, you, you don't
0: need to poke the bear for that.
2: Yeah, or sample, yeah, good sample audiences to see yeah. how they're supposed to do. No, because I'm right. not trying to, I'm not trying to do, I'm trying to get my point across. Okay, there's too many people if you wanted to pander, to pander to that you'll never please anyone. So it's now looking in, being confident. Are you sure about what you're saying? Does this push forward? Because that's another thing. Are is what you're doing pushing forward? I don't mind cracking a few eggs if you're making an omelet, but if you're just cracking for the sake of making a mess, well, what not? So sometimes you do have to step on a few toes, or as the saying goes, crack a few eggs. Right. But you're doing it for a greater good and you communicate that to people you know it's not my goal to fight with people I don't enjoy it uh, on a personal or professional level it's really not my my scene but I will do it if I have to if it's something I believe in um, and so there were some things in uh, in the covid uh, time that you know I, I really was willing to hills I was willing to die on um, one of them was the face shields uh, one of them was the motorcycle barriers. Um, because, and the QR code, um, at the doors, you know, that you have to fill out, uh, contact tracing because these are three things that, yeah, I was willing to go down on with that ship or die on that hill, so to speak, because it's stupid. It was stupid and it was doing more damage than good. So no, I'm going to, I know this is a very sensitive topic, but I'm willing to go down with the ship and I got shadow banned twice on Facebook. And those are pretty bad when that happens to you and, and you you do have clients or you monetize your page, um, that can be devastating because, you know, now there's, there's real money involved. You know, it's not just, Oh, my voice has been strangled. That's already bad enough. It's, you know, I have other activities on the page that are monetized that I need to, you know, (laughs) have deliverables. And I couldn't do that because they, they had shadow banned me. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's getting tougher and tougher, but, um, that that's basically how i i do it now i just do me and i let people just i think I'm, i have a track record long enough that you can just say well i i think he's sincere i don't think he's sincere and i'm not here to convince you otherwise anymore because that's the state of affairs we're in now if you don't if you don't feel it now well you're not going to get convinced by the person who you dislike if you happen to be a hater you're not going to be convinced to not be a hater by the person you are hating on. It's just not how it works. So I'll do me. Maybe one day you'll come around when your situation changes and you see that I've been consistent in the way I, I do things. And maybe if you don't, then that's fine. You know, I'm not here to please everyone, but I know there is, I have to remind myself that there is an audience that actually do look forward to this. So you have an obligation to them. That's what I keep telling myself. So, yeah. <laughs> right. No, okay. So with
0: that, I just wanna go back to something you said previously in this episode about becoming an influencer. Say this doesn't seem like something that you're naturally akin towards. And yet now you have partnered with the art brand right? and people are getting you to endorse things. So with that responsibility, how are you able to balance that with your Opinions, you say, like you said, but sometimes Facebook shadow bans you, and then you're not able to put it out there. So, how do you weigh those options now?
2: Um, yeah, it's getting tougher and tougher again because you know I have a higher tolerance than I think the brands do. Um, fair enough; they they're very very conservative with the way they want to engage. Um, the line that I have there is, I. I would be very careful with talking about anything that is like very controversial. Number one, politics is out. Okay, that's definitely I'll never discuss, endorse, uh, praise or attack anybody in politics because pointless. So that's one. Um, When I come across with points, I stick to the issue and not the people involved. So I'm very, very, very particular about how I frame it as an issue, not directly a personality involved, because this is where it gets really messy. And I just pick my battles now. So I pick my battles where it's, I try to keep to transport. Um, I try to keep to the common sense stuff that, you know, look, if, if you really disagree, like, like the face shields, that was not, that was a little out of my lane in terms of transport and stuff like right. that. And that got me a lot of shit. But I was like, look, the way I see it here is, you know, by shutting up here, we're doing a lot more damage and good because we look like fools. You know, there's no science behind it. And this will lead to worse things. You know, I've lived throughout different, many different countries. I read a lot of history and how things work with with, with governments and stuff like that. Once you allow any kind of emergency power over you because of an emergency, you allow them to break the law. They will just keep on creating more emergencies to break more laws because the power grab. Has been something that's in the hierarchy of needs is number one when you're a government it's the power grab you need that and we have gone through our cycle where we're democracy and we can see where that's gotten us i'm just saying from the government's point of view they're looking at things like um any government and i'm not i pinpointing this or, or any government any government it's in their best interest to control the people right they don't they don't gain much from everyone having a say right. well, that's our benefit as, as citizens and that's the constant struggle so when you can see things when they're imposing things that don't make sense, but are actually having a psychological effect on people, it's wearing them down. You know, you're 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 making them feel even worse. I, I just couldn't, and there was zero benefit to it. So I was willing to stick my neck out for that. Um, how the but to answer your question, okay, about the brands, I am now branching out in terms of like okay, Facebook. I know I know how conservative they are now, so I'm very careful now with the content on facebook and if i want to get anything a little bit more not controversial but with meat and something that's closer to my heart that i feel i really have to say but i feel that maybe my hands are a little tied or my on facebook then i write that either on twitter Substack, or manila bulletin these are my three escapes you know um Because Twitter, I basically never really used it. So I don't really have a big following there. I just keep, I just kept it going. And uh, I've only started using it since the, towards the later part of the pandemic. So I use that as a little platform to amplify how I feel about certain things that are not really welcome on Facebook, because if I lose the Twitter, I don't feel as if anything's, you know, it's not a huge following. Like I said, Substack is uncensored and, uh, that's supposed to be uncensored anyway they haven't touched me there and bulletin um funnily enough they're they're also a venue that hasn't censored me so ironically we complain a lot about mainstream media and yes the mainstream media have a lot to answer for they certainly do but i can tell you in my experience as a columnist of the bulletin they've never once censored me so but i don't the things i write about that are controversial there are probably all around the mandates and um you know just our rights basically just just be careful with our rights while you're trying to navigate your way through this covid response we understand you have a job to do we understand that it's not going to one rule not going to fit all but please let's 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 go easy with these draconian measures where we start vilifying people and we start um taking away their rights because we're all scared or we're all you know whatever the agenda is so that's where i use that voice on that platform
0: right okay so now that we're coming towards the end of this episode, uh, thank you, by the way, for taking time out of your day. I just want to go back to everything you said about, with regards to uh, politics. Now, I'm not going to ask you anything political, but I, what, I'm trying, what I'm getting at here is you're very neutral in your stance, right? You're neither sure. here nor there, the very middle of the road. So has that affected the way you write out your opinions? Like, is that something that takes pressure on you or it's just because you're so neutral, you don't really care? Um, hmm. that's a, say, like, nowadays, with, sorry, yeah. just to, yeah. just to, uh, explore the question a bit more nowadays, everything's very politically motivated by right? you go online yeah. and people are, are cheering for this candidate or that candidate, but you yourself, you're very middle of the road. So. How does that affect your content now? Moving forward, your opinions now uh, moving forward. Yeah.
2: well yeah it's 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 an interesting question because i do i, I would I wouldn't say I self censor, but I do have I, I picked the the topic, so you you could argue that's a form of self-censorship but so okay, um when I'm in a topic, how do i how do I sort of not make it I try not again to put any connect to the actual Let's say if it's uh, the the president or the vice president or the whoever, right? I try to remove all of that um, and just bring it down to where it resonates with people, which is common sense. I feel that that I can usually get my point across with humor and common sense because that's universal. I know they say common sense is not as common anymore, but I get that. But you'd be there's still people that it they get it, they read right. it because I haven't mentioned. Lenny or Duterte or Isco yeah. or all that, um, they can they can sort of take it at face value. Only the really triggered ones will try to relate it, but they're beyond, they're, they're not my market anymore. So I really don't care much for them, I'm sorry to say, because they're beyond repair in my mind. I'm only talking to the ones with open minds. And the ones with open minds, when they read something and I haven't connected it to a to a candidate or to a pers- political personality. And it, it makes common sense. You go, what The reason that I don't feel that I'm neutral, it's not that I don't, I'm human too. Obviously I have my, who I be- feel is, will do better than so-and-so. But one thing about politics that everyone needs to understand is politics is nothing more than representation, right? That's, that's what I'm choosing who I think represents right. my interests the best. James right. Deacon's interests, but James Deacon has a different life to Joe, whatever down this is the road. It's completely right. different life. So how can you be mad at him for choosing somebody to represent his interests? Right there's that that's where I feel it's so pointless to be arguing about politics because you're literally choosing something that represents your interests. Your interests will be different to the farmer's interest, different to the housemaid's interest, to the different to the banker's interest. This is why we choose people who will align with our interests. So it doesn't make me more correct than you. But we try to put ideology into it. We try to say, but he's evil. He's evil to you. She's evil to you. But that necessarily mean to them because this person is championing the cause of that group. Right. Whether they're lying or not, doesn't matter. That's who people relate to. So please just take that off the table as much as possible with any discussion you have. And you'll find you will get a lot further and you'll get closer to making a point than you will if you as soon as you color something, you divide your audience immediately. Like 50% guaranteed will just go this way, just because you said eh, kasi yung ano, eh. Yeah, ah, your dilawan, your pink, your yellow, right. whatever they want to paint you as. Right, right. Well said, well
0: said. So now that we're coming towards the end of this pandemic, things are, are loosening up, and people are finally able to leave their houses. Are you starting to feel like your stream is coming to an end? Are you going to turn it into your podcast? If you wanted to do Where does it go from here? Being that we're
2: at this point of the pandemic. Um, well, it was supposed to end in 2020, but then it kept going and got stronger right. in 2021. So then we took a break in January, the whole January, we took a break. And I thought, well, this is going to be it, right? Because now I took a break really at the time when everything was starting to open up and feel a little more normal. But then I did the first show last Friday and we were almost up to the exact same numbers. It's like like almost we had never left. That would maybe 10% drop at the most. After a month, you know what happens in a month on social media? A lot. Yeah. So I was like encouraged by that. And I figured, well, why not just keep it? Keep it for as long as people are still there. And eventually, when there really is a light at the end of the tunnel, because this is where I think the Philippines is... is lagging behind is it's not necessarily the restrictions that we put, whether we have masks or vaccine cards or anything. It's more the what's down the road. Nobody's sure of the plan. Marketing departments are not sure. Uh, businesses are not sure how to, what, what do we order more? Or what? maybe we're closed next month. Will they open? Will be alert three, four, two, why six, seven, nine? Ah, well they, they're all, this is. So when we get a clearer picture of that, then maybe maybe I might turn that into a a long format podcast, because at the moment it's taking the shape of almost like a variety show because we have so many segments now. So there we put the news in, we put free plug Friday. We put. uh the the readers comments and uh inbox where they send me videos and stuff i react to um then we have an interview usually then a raffle so it's hard to break that you know it's just jam-packed already you know the show is already so segmentized that it's it's hard to it might just stay there and it might just sort of spin off later on and i'll start another podcast if people are ready because i think people people are now craving um they're craving what they used to have because the internet's kind of done this in the same way that you could say the same thing about restaurants, about um, theater. You know, when theater was the only form of movie, right, at the time, live theater, I mean, it it took it took how long to just tell a story because of the costumes right. and this and that and, and all the, the production that goes into making one two-hour show. Then the movies came in, right, and man, everyone's making movies. Fast food restaurants came in and it put out all those, those, those restaurants that were, but then people naturally want to go back because they're like, I missed the good old days. So it'll find its niche. It won't, it won't take on the mainstream. Like theater is not the way we watch all of our stuff anymore, but it becomes an experiential thing people go and spend. They they get dressed up. They go out to the theater once a year, twice a year. It becomes a special occasion. They go to a fine dining restaurant where they'll get 12 courses served over six hours or something like that because it is an experience now. And so I think with the internet, it's done the same thing. It's like this massive, endless buffet of information. Now people are just like, can I just have it Kind of delivered to me in the way that magazines used to deliver it to me every month i picked up my magazine and i didn't know what was in there I, i'm not surfing it's i'm being served i am i'm i'm the one being spoiled here with somebody curating the information and then delivering it to me in such a fancy way that i feel like wow that was the appeal of magazines before now This is what I feel people will go back to. Not mainstream again, because there has been abuse when you allow people to curate your information for you, people abuse that. But you see where I'm getting at is it does create a vacuum and a void and creates this exclusivity that people will crave for because they're sick to death of all these, you know, micro quotes that they try to, you know, tell you everything about a person just on one quote. That person said this and that makes him awful. This is why we love Joe Rogan and stuff like that. Three hours. If you want to listen to what the guy's thinking, spend three hours with the guy with some decent questions and you'll realize he's more than one quote. Right, right. Very
0: well said. Now, you keep going back to Joe Rogan, I guess, because uh, you idolize him in a way. You're influenced by what he brings to the table. And he's somebody who's been able to maximize his voice in the podcasting world about whether it be for good or for bad. With yourself, do you feel you're able
2: to do that as well? Sala, no. <laughs> Sala, you know, like I don't, I don't, I do admire Joe Rogan. I am a huge fan. He has been an influence, but I wouldn't want to be him in any way, shape or form. Um, he's got an enormous responsibility. And now I guess he's lost all his privacy and stuff like that. I, I wouldn't want that. But I would want—I wouldn't want a world without a Joe Rogan or or people like that because I I really do believe that they they give balance. They have been able to um, single handedly put the entire mainstream media in check. And like now, it's either these mainstream media completely go under because they've been exposed, or they shape up. But either way, he's been that he's been that pivotal point for them. And we do need alternatives. We do need people with. Uh, you know who, who can think like that, so I don't want to be that. Um, but I'm I'm happy to do a little version of it, you know, because I do value my privacy. I do value my um, my time as well. Um, I the pandemics taught me a lot about that. You know, there was there was a lot of money to be made also in the pandemic if you were looking hard enough, you know. But the time to spend it and all that was gone. So. I realize how quickly things can change. So if you if you prioritize money as everything, it's a very very, it's going to be a pretty miserable life for you because one, when you chase money as your goal, that is a forever moving target. So you'll never get it. Right. Because trust me, when you get your million, you'll you'll want your ten million. When you get your ten million, you want your hundred million, and then there's always a billionaire out there who's more richer than you. But because you've set that as your your actual uh, target, you tend to build your value around that. You'll never be happy. Um, whereas if you just do what you love and you love what you do and deliver a little bit more than you promise, money comes as a result of being, they say you can be well, rich. They say it's money, but if you're really wealthy, it's time. That's what I aspire to is to be able to afford my own time, and that's why I don't also aspire to be as uh, not that ambitious to be like a Joe Rogan or something like that, because I think that that's just, you know, <laughs> no, uh, I'd right. rather support him.
0: <laughs> right. No, I totally understand. Totally understand. So with that said, I will give you the rest of your night off. Thank you so much, James Deacon, for joining me on the podcast here. Now, I know this is a little awkward to say If you want to let the people know where they can find you, that was your chance.
2: Well, thanks very much for the opportunity, and uh, you know it's it's great to have more and more platforms like this. So I thank you guys too, there, the Class Clown Podcast, for uh, for doing this because we need more voices, independent voices. So, firstly, that um, if you want, you can always follow. I'm I'm most active usually on Facebook. Um, from there, you'll find me on Instagram and TikTok, and um, I have also a column in the bulletin. But if you just follow Facebook, you'll you'll know what I'm up to. All right, thank you so much, James Deegan. All right.
1: to send a special thank you to Mr. James Deacon. Oh my God, I really just learned so much from him on this episode. All the things that he said, I kind of agree with. You know, sometimes, yes, they are points that don't necessarily agree with but you know i agree with the fact that voices need to be heard that uh, you know so i i feel like if you have a voice and you want to be heard you're gonna make yourself a, a little podcast like i did <laughs> or you know be a live streamer on on facebook or what we say, and it's what we do with that voice that really matters wow i actually said something smart for once on this fucking thing Oh my god So I will end it there Before I say anything Or stupider than that Please keep listening To the Class Clown podcast Powered of course By Podmetrics A podcast network Asia exclusive I am Chino Liao Please rate this podcast guys It will mean so much For me and my time in Podcast Network Asia, if you rate me and you tell me what you like about this episode, or you share this episode with your friends, ng yan, and they'll say, ha, ah, may nakikinig pala nito. Di siya sa <laughs> So thank you so much again for listening to this episode of the Class Clown Podcast. I am Chino Rial, and goodbye. <music>